0: good morning everybody i am glenn the geek from ocala florida
2: and i am lisa wysocki from ashland city tennessee and you're listening to horses in the morning on the horse radio network for july 15 episode 2225 this episode is brought to you by omega alpha equine good morning horse world it's
3: monday monday is my favorite time of year
1: This is Horses in the Morning with your lovable hosts, Jamie Jennings. I am the queen. You listen to me. I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular. Glenn the Geek. You look especially radiant today, your grace.
0: I'm going to do a terrific show
4: today because I'm good enough and doggone it, people like me.
1: Happy Monday! On today's show,
3: as you've just heard, we have longtime friend of the show Lisa Weissaki filling in as Glenn's co host today. We'll talk about how to get yourself and your horse into a magazine article with freelance equestrian writer and photographer Allison Armstrong Renberg. Then, auditor Angela Bailey joins in to talk about Maryland horse trials and her fangirl moment, meeting fellow HRN host
4: Max Corcoran. Plus, Sammy Jo Stoller fills us in on her contest to win prizes for guessing pounds of pears, and that's what's on today's show. But first, Glenn starts off with an explanation of different writing disciplines,
3: but with a twist.
0: Thank you, Jemmy. That's right. We're going to start off with, I saw this thing going around Facebook, and it was kind of a description, tongue-in-cheek description of the different disciplines. Uh, Lisa, this is so funny. So um, this is explaining different riding disciplines to non-horse people. And we've all had to do it, right? I mean, that's... Oh, absolutely. We, every day, we have to explain, like, what eventing is. And like, yes. Oh, you know, and then you have <laughs> to explain what dressage is. And, you know, some of them are easier to explain than others, that's but for this, sure. this just cuts right through the chase and just brings it all down to understandable levels. Uh, yep, yep. Um, so hunters, for example, are based on how much money you have. That's pretty much it. <laughs> hunters are for the rich people, and that's who does hunters. Uh, equitation, whichever rider is the skinniest wins. Um, Perfect. That's, yeah. That's so true. <laughs> and uh, George laughs at that all the time. Uh, that's, that, that's But that's, it's true. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I kept that secret close. <laughs> Here's what George Morris has to say about the uh, equitation. Best exercise you can do for riding and- is push away from the table. Put down your pork. (laughs) That's that's George. Uh, Ponies. Spoiled little girls with crazy midget horses. (laughs) Dressage, where people fork out thousands for dancing horses. That is true. Yes. uh, Yes, it is. And isn't that how you describe dressage to a non-horse person? They're kind of like dancing horses. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Eventing, a triathlon for the insane where equitation doesn't matter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I guess maybe you don't have to be quite as skinny.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, barrel racing, a competition to see who can do the best splits midair. They do <laughs> that. It seems to be a thing where they, they have those stirrups as far apart as they can.
2: Yes. And, you know, that's the one visual. When they're running for home – that's the one visual is, is like they are just going at it and and
0: yeah, yep. Spitzville. It, it is straight out raining. Yeah. The art of spinning really fast <laughs> 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 or sliding to a stop really fast. Yes, uh, trail riding to a test to see how bombproof a horse really is. <laughs> That's so very true. true. Yeah, so true. We took the horses for a walk yesterday morning around the neighborhood. Just a hand walk you know yeah. on the lead line. Thank God yeah. I wasn't driving cuz every horse and every dog in the neighborhood came tearing up to the fence. Oh my I, goodness. I don't know what it was about something some days the other the horses in the neighborhood just ignore you. To, yesterday I... morning every one of them came running up to the fence. I would have been I would have gotten the drive done very quickly yesterday. <laughs> Scooter would have been bolting the whole way.
2: It must have been the Sunday morning social hour. It
0: was. It was crazy. (laughs) Western pleasure. Drugs and glitter. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) That's unfortunately true. Liberty. Liberty. Every single girl on Instagram who has a bond with their horse. <laughs> of <funny>. course. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> we could probably come up with our own here too if we worked really hard. Oh, yeah. It. Yeah. But I don't want to get in too much trouble this morning. So let's just do daily winnies instead. Well, this happy birthday, I only have one. I I, I don't know. That's unusual. We have Auditor Nan Resch. It's her birthday. So happy birthday to Nan. Your turn.
2: My Daily Winnie goes out to Morris Mayo. He is an insurance adjuster. Um, a lot of the listeners have heard me talk about Colby's Army, the nonprofit that I run. And we lost our roof in a uh, bad windstorm a couple of weeks ago. And I tell you, this guy has made the whole insurance claim process so easy and so non-stressful that uh, it's it's really been oh awesome God. to work with him. We're oh, I know, <laughs> because it's it's it can totally be a nightmare. Totally We're complimenting it usually an insurance is.
0: person. So what company
2: uh cincinnati insurance companies and you know he came out and he looked around and he said yeah you need a new roof and he said not only do you need a new roof he said the the shingles underneath the layer of your shingles need to be replaced and the decking needs to be replaced and this needs to replace and that needs to be replaced." and i'm like okay <laughs> and he sent me the paperwork, and, and are I you going to pay for it. that
0: all that? <laughs> they
2: are. They just sent me the thing. They're paying for the whole thing, and and uh, we got a roofer, and the roofer's donating back the deductible to us. So, oh wow! Yeah, so I mean, like it's just been a really smooth process. You know, you wake up and you see shingles all over your riding ring. It's <laughs> it's kind of scary. So you had shingles, um,
0: not tin, not aluminum. It
2: was shingle, yeah, right. shingle roof, and you know, I like the shingle roof for horses because I. I feel that the horses can hear better in storms and when it's raining. I think with the tin roof, it kind of masks the sound of predators. You see the horses standing out in front of all the run-in sheds with the tin mm-hmm. roofs because they don't feel comfortable because they can't hear in there. So. Um. So anyway, yeah, so we have, have the shingle, but, you know, we, we had a bazillion sheets of shingles just off the roof. And then you go in the barn and you look up and you see daylight. And you think, oh, oh, and shingles
0: are held on good. by nails, so did you have to get the uh, get the oh, metal yeah. detector out?
2: And... Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just been – but but this guy has been so great, you know, because you just think, oh, the last thing I want to do is file an insurance claim, you know, because you just know
0: it's going to be a nightmare. Well, I hope your roofer is as good as the insurance guy.
2: So. Well, we will remains to be seen but maybe in a future show we could talk about that <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um, we had we had a tin roof on the on the first farm we were in actually yeah. that was a farm Jennifer was at when I met her and the we had a, a blizzard it was a blizzard in the winter and the entire in- like entire now, was half this, this of up the north,
2: like in Connecticut or someplace. This
0: was in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania and it okay. was a blizzard. I mean, the f- drifts were nine feet between the house and the barn. <laughs> we had to crawl over them. We couldn't get to the barn, and the roof, ha- three quarters of the roof of the barn, which was a huge bank barn, had been ripped off, and the tin was embedded in the snow banks all over the farm. Oh so man! So until the snow melted, we couldn't put the horses out because we didn't know where the tin. You was. You didn't know where the tin was. Holy cow! And you know that—that's a serious problem. So well, yeah, yeah. But that, nice w- like that. but then we also had big holes <laughs> the So and the it's snow, like, the snow had come in so hard. <clears throat> there was actually snow in the house. It had come in through every nook and cranny in the windows and the doors, um, <laughs> but the we had a complete load of hay in the barn and the hay was covered in three or four inches of snow. The entire hayloft was covered in snow. Everything was snow. You
2: had just met Jennifer, you just started dating, and yeah, you yeah. you survived all that, and yeah. you're still together. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Scary. We
0: were stuck there for a week without power. There was no power. Uh, we were back a mile long lane, and the only reason we got out, because everything was closed. I mean, it was, yeah. a, it was a massive blizzard. Everything was closed. So the only reason we got out is the... Gas company had a gas line that went through the property, and they, for some reason, were concerned about the gas line where we were, and they sent a bulldozer back. It took them eight hours with a full-size bulldozer to get back our lane. Oh, no. And he saw we weren't dug out, so he actually came the rest of the way up to us to make sure we were okay. Wow. So that's the only reason we got out.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, a situation like that is going to make or break a new relationship for sure. (laughs) Really?
0: (laughs) So that was crazy. That was our roof off experience. I don't remember what happened with the insurance agent, but he probably wasn't as nice as yours. Oh, no,
2: no, nobody's as nice as ours. He's fabulous. Yeah.
0: Speaking of nice, I have a little property if everybody wants one. I think we should go together, the auditors. Let me figure it out. Um, Let me get my calculator out. But uh, football great Joe Montana. Remember Joe Montana? Oh, absolutely. Well, he owns this little place in the Napa Valley in California, and it's 500 acres. Um, It's uh, got a 9,700-square-foot, three-bedroom, Italian-inspired villa, which is absolutely drop-dead gorgeous a separate guest house, artist studio, and caretaker's cottage, plus a a sprawling equestrian center. As I said, over 500 acres. Did I mention that it has a wine cellar that can hold 3,500 bottles of wine? Oh, party! Good lord, (laughs) Joe, you drink a lot. Um, It also, he has a separate cellar that holds olive oil. Why? Because they have olive trees on the property, and they make 30 to 60 gallons of olive oil annually. Now, so
2: so olive oil needs its own cellar?
0: I didn't know that. Apparently. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know you <laughs> I, needed to keep olive oil cold. I didn't know that either. Well, so you never know what you're going to learn on horses. I, I know. Plate. I know. But so now, first of all, I thought that the house would have more than three bedrooms, to be honest, for the price. But we'll get to that. For,
2: we have three bedrooms. (laughs) We have three bedrooms. I'll I'll take a stall in the barn.
0: So to enter the villa, you first cross a bridge over a moat, of course, and then climb a staircase up to one of the two Tuscan-style turreted towers that take (laughs) in a 360-degree view of the Napa Valley and a 4,300-feet-high Mount St. Helena in the distance. Uh, okay, so uh, the outdoor living is a big part of this, uh, as you can tell, because the weather's always good when it's not burning down. Uh, the largest swimming pool, a basketball tennis court, a bocce ball court, a skeet shooting range, and an outdoor kitchen that fe- features a Tuscan grill and professional-grade pizza oven. Well, of course, oh, you'd want wow. that for $29 million, <laughs> right? If you're into water sports, it includes two streams for canoeing, plus a large pond for swimming or fishing, and, the, apparently, I didn't know this, the Montana's love horses riding and horseback riding Uh, so they have (laughs) that prompted the couple to develop the estate's professional equestrian center with its riding arena stable for 30 horses and extended extensive riding trails throughout the property and it's 500 acres so you can ride for a while if riding is your true passion they will happily sell you their adjoining 87 acre ranch with its 11 stall breezeway barn covered arena and ranch office listed separately for another three million so there you go. You so so we nice need to come
2: place. up with what thirty two point one million dollars. Yeah, that... thirty two. Let me
0: figure it out. We have four hundred okay. auditors. Um, <laughs> trying to find my calculator here. We have uh, four hundred auditors. So if we divide thirty one million, that's a lot of zeros. Let me think. That's, yeah, that's six zeros uh, divided by four hundred. We all, that's only seventy seven thousand each. Oh that's a piece of cake that's easy yeah and then but you know there's only three bedrooms so somebody's gonna have to sleep outside their tent if we get busy on the weekend no, i'll
2: just I'll just take a a, a stall in the barn oh, there you go see
0: maybe we see? can convert some of those to like uh outdoor can hang hammocks in the stall uh, absolutely absolutely I'm sure there's a wow. bathroom in the barn can you imagine living in a place like that oh at thirty five hundred bottles of wine I think we're gonna be good for a weekend <laughs> <laughs>
2: How many bottles of wine is that per person if we have 400 of us there?
0: Let me figure that out for you. (laughs) I got my calculator right here. So uh, if we figure that out, that's uh, what did I say? 3,500 bottles divided by 400 people. Uh, That's nine bottles of wine per person. Oh, fabulous. Jemmy, do you think (laughs) we can can get through a a weekend with nine (laughs) bottles of wine per person? You think we can do that? Yeah, I think that'll be fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's fun. (laughs) All right. Let's go to our first guest.
2: Oh. So we have Allison Armstrong- Redenborg here today. And you know, I met Allison at uh, the American Horse Publications Awards and Conference a couple of years ago. And she was working here in Nashville at a television station. And her dream was to be a freelance equestrian writer and photographer. And I believe it was last November she actually made that switch. I love it when somebody actually achieves their goal and achieves their dreams and does something that they've wanted to do their whole life. And Allison has done it. Allison, welcome. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And just so the listeners know, um, I was um, driving back from Minnesota uh back to Tennessee yesterday, and Glenn sent me an email about noon, which I didn't get until uh, almost midnight last night, that we were short a guest for the show today, and so I messaged Allison amongst other people, and at 2 o'clock this morning, we confirmed Allison for the show today, so. um. (laughs) Don't
0: y'all ever sleep? I mean, geez.
2: (laughs) Well, Glenn, you were up too, so. (laughs) That's true. You were up emailing me, so um, so anyway. If we're all a little ditzy today, that's why. <laughs> but Allison, exactly. thank you. Exactly,
3: it was. Yeah, thanks I'll for go coming ahead. on the show. Yeah, absolutely. I was thrilled to get your message at two a.m. or whatever it was, and I woke up and I was like, "Oh, is this a dream, or did this actually happen?" <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, Allison, so, so tell, tell us how you kind of made that switch from being, you know, working in television to going full-time as a freelancer. I mean, I'm assuming you kind of waited until you had enough either stories in the pipeline or pitches or assignments. I mean, how did all that
3: happen? Sure. So I've been freelancing on the side for about 10 years, ever since I was in college and grad school. And so that was something I had continued to hone and develop in my off hours. And then I got the full-time job at the television station. Um, I want to say that was in 2014. So I worked there for about four years. And the whole time I worked full-time for them, I was writing and and developing my photography on the side. And so late last year, um, the stars sort of aligned. And I just kind of realized, hey, when are you going to stop? making this your second priority and start making it your first priority. Um, And I actually had done a mentorship session with the freelance Bermuda, which is um, a group of very talented uh, equine writers and photographers headed up by Kate Bradley Byers and Abigail Boatwright. Mm -hmm. And they really inspired me to just go for it. Um, So I had several clients at the time, but then as soon as I went full time, I just made it known, hey, I'm full-time now, freelancer, and the work just started coming, and it was, it's, I mean, it was a lot of hard work, and it was a lot of networking, but it also, I was very lucky um, that people responded and that the work came, so I'm just, I feel tremendously blessed that it's gone so well.
2: Yeah, and that's, to me, that would be like a huge leap of faith, like, okay, I'm leaving my full-time paycheck uh, to try and make this part-time thing, you know, really work for me, so was it a little scary?
3: it was definitely scary. <laughs> and it was a leap of faith. I mean, you know, and, and the thought was, okay, let's give it a try. Um, and my husband, Ryan really encouraged me too, because he, um, he's also a videographer just like I am. And he's been developing his freelance business on the side for years and he still works full time as a videographer as well. And so he definitely believed in me, supported me and said, let's just give it a try. And like, don't give up. You know, give yeah. it six months, see what happens. And so that, that's really instrumental, too, when you have people in your corner who believe in you and are like, yeah, just do the
0: thing and see what happens.
3: So. Oh,
2: sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because if you don't have yeah. that support, <laughs> that could be really tough.
0: It is hard. And we've all done absolutely. it. I mean, everybody on the call here today, uh, you, Lisa, Jamie, and I, we've all left that full-time job to wing it, right, to, to try this. Mm-hmm. Look at the Horse Radio Network yeah. was that way, too. And, yeah. and we've all done it and it is scary, you know, and you know what, I'm not sure it ever stops being scary, to be honest, because there's always that next <laughs> right. thing that scares the crap out of you that if it doesn't work, where am I going to be? And then all of us, and I think Lisa included, none of us want to have a full time job with the boss again. So that's, no. you, that. That's petrifying. Right. It's going backwards.
2: Well, and i've I've been a uh, either a freelancer or working on my own or or doing you know various things in the horse community since nineteen. I well, since before Jemmy was born. Let me put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it it it's Whatever. still <laughs> It's a little bit still of the feast or famine thing, you know. And uh, you know, it's 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 sometimes it's still a little a little scary, like like Glenn said. But but Allison, so uh, just so the listeners know, there's really two ways to kind of get a story in a magazine. Either the mm-hmm. editor or publisher is going to call you and say, hey, we've got this story we need written and we need photos and we'd like you to do it. Or you have an idea and you pitch the story to various magazines, correct?
4: Right. That's correct. Yes.
2: Yeah. So, so. So if you have Before an idea you go past
0: that when you do the pitch are you sending them an outline the complete story or just an idea
3: Yeah so um I kind of keep a running word document or a running note on my phone of story ideas and then um once I have a good collection of those I'll sit down and have a pitching session with myself kind of decide okay what do I think this magazine wants what have I observed or learned or noticed that might fit that. And then I do write, um, sometimes it's even the first paragraph of the story, or it's just a little summary with a tease. Um, It's not the full outline, but I give my editor enough of the information that they go, oh, this is what this story is about. And, you know, I might even tell them, here's who I would interview for it. Um, Here's where I would go to take the photos, just sort of all the important details so that the editor can look at it at a glance and go, oh, this is what the story is for. She's got all her ducks in a row. I want it or I don't want it.
2: So what what makes an interesting story? I mean, what what really attracts you? And and you say, oh, this, I want to write this.
3: Yeah, um, it's always fun when that happens for me, when it's a light bulb. You know, I kind of have three different places that i go with with story ideas Um, i have really developed over the last several months um, my social media bank in terms of facebook and instagram i will just go and if someone has posted about a barn or an event or a business i go like that page and so i have all these um, things in my feed every day and so sometimes really interesting things pop up and i'll go oh i'm going to screenshot that and remember what is this about and also who posted it and could they be a source for me? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's been really cool to see that develop. And just the more you like, as you guys probably know, the more horse things you like on Facebook, the more things pop up. And so it's just this endless feed of, of, of cool things. Um, Also Facebook groups. So there's a local Facebook group here in town in Nashville called Nashville area equestrians. Yes. And it's really where, all the horse people go to talk about things, to ask questions, to share neat ideas. And I have often gone into that group and said, hey, guys, I need to write a story about this. Who has experience using this technology? Or who um, who knows a good massage therapist I can talk to? And that's been really fun because I get to talk to local horse people. Um, a lot of my work, I end up calling You know, horse professionals in other states because that's what the magazine wanted, which I love and that's great. But I really also love coming back to Middle Tennessee, talking to horse people right here in Middle Tennessee because that's where I am. And it's also easier to get photos, as you can imagine. Yeah. uh, If it's within (laughs) driving distance of me. So that's a bonus, too. (laughs) Right,
2: right. So if I, I were a horse owner and I had a you know a horse with a really interesting story that I just thought was really inspiring. Or if if maybe I'm I'm a rider with, with a special challenge that I've overcome and I just thought, you know, maybe the story would be inspiring to other people. How how would I get that into a magazine? Would I call you? Would I just like friend you on Facebook? Or or do I call the magazine or how would I do that?
3: Yeah, you can definitely do that. I would love it. People can email me. They can visit my website, um, alisonrenborg.com, and send me a note. Um, Or you can call the magazine. Um, I know magazines love to hear that because their staff are always out gathering ideas. Their freelancers are always out gathering ideas. But it's really fun when the idea comes to you. So, (laughs) So call a magazine. Uh, get to know the freelancers because there are tons of us in various different states. Um, get to know them, make friends with them um, because they're always looking for how can my job be made a little bit easier by someone with a great idea coming to me or someone with a beautiful horse that needs photography done. So I encourage people, you know, just get to know the writers that are all around you.
0: I, because really to, I, I want to throw oh, in here, there too. To add to that, we're always looking for guests. So just email mm-hmm. guest at horseradionetwork dot guests at horseradionetwork.com, dot com, and you know Jennifer will get back to you. We're always looking for guests. Just tell her why you want to be on the show.
2: Even at two o'clock in the morning. Even we're at two o'clock in the morning.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we never sleep.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I will no. tell you that Jennifer is not up at two o'clock in the morning. All three of us might be, but she is not. She <laughs> sleeps better than all of us put together. Right. So. <laughs>
2: But I mean, how cool is it to have, you know, have your horse's story in a magazine? I mean, that's that's really cool. And I mean, I think a lot of the listeners out there probably have, have great stories uh, with their horses oh, that, yeah. you know, um, they'd love to to see featured because, you know, you open up a magazine and there's your horse. I mean, how cool is that?
0: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Allison, always, you know, it's so funny because when we started Horse Radio Network many years ago, uh, I always said that every horse person has a story. It's our job to help them tell it. And it kind of is for you too, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's your job Absolutely. as a writer to help that, you know, it might be an okay story, but a good writer can make it a good story. And, you know, that's our job. A good host can make it, can help the, the guest tell that story better. And, you know, that's our job, right? That's your job.
3: Absolutely. It is completely. um, It's a huge responsibility as well, as you've probably experienced. And when I write profiles on people, um, I've joked, I've been doing a couple of profiles lately, and I joke with the people when I get the first call scheduled and I'm talking to them. It's like, um, yeah, so I'm a complete stranger. Tell me all your deepest, darkest secrets. (laughs) You know, it's a huge responsibility (laughs) to call someone up and say, tell me your life story. I'm going to put it in print and put it in a magazine for everybody to read. Um, So I always try to remember that in the interview process, in the writing process, in the editing process. And then it's, it's always the best feeling in my job is when I send a draft to the source for them to read it and approve it. And they say, this is awesome. I love it. No changes. Like, that's just, you know, that's Christmas. That's Christmas for the writer right there.
0: (laughs) I can imagine. I can imagine. See, see, that's the part we eliminated. We don't give them a choice. We just put it out. So, uh,
2: (laughs) that's the difference between radio and press. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. uh, Before we let you go, Allison, just one quick question on photography. I mean, how important is that to accompany a story?
1: It's
3: very important. Um, I actually resisted because I was afraid for many years. I resisted getting into photography. It just scared me. Um, And I think that handicapped me a little bit. I mean, most of my clients were like, okay, that's great. We'll get somebody else to do it. No problem. We still want your writing. Um, But I probably missed out on some opportunities because I was too afraid to pick up the camera. So when I finally picked up the camera, learned the hard thing, got out there, started taking photos, I learned that I loved it. And I learned that it made me much more desirable as a writer, because I could say, hey, here's the story, here are the photos. And then I also do video, which is part of my experience that I garnered at the TV station. So now I can say, hey, and I can do video for your online content to go with this story when you're promoting it on Facebook or Instagram. So it's a big, it's huge. And it's really good.
2: Well, Allison, I so appreciate you being up in the middle of the night and agreeing to come on on such short <laughs> notice. <laughs> and um, yeah, it it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> tell everybody um, wh- where your website is, how they can find you, and how they can find you on Facebook too.
3: Absolutely. So my website is AllisonRenborg.com. And I'm going to spell that because my last name is a bit of a bear. It's R E H. N-B-O-R-G. So that's me online, alisonrenborg.com. You can also find me on Facebook at Alison Armstrong Renborg. So I welcome anybody to friend me. I'm always interested in meeting new horse people. Um, And you can also email me at alison.renborg at gmail.com.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. Um, you know, uh, writers very often are up in the middle of the night, so
3: <laughs> I really want to ask. Thank you, you did, for having but... me. <laughs> it was a great okay. way to start my Monday morning. So thanks. Exactly. Bye.
0: Thanks, Allison.
3: <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. <Bye-bye. laughs>
0: Bye. All right. Let's, we have, We went from having no guests last night to having four today. So let's uh, <laughs> head off and hear about Omega Alpha, and then we're coming back with our next guest. I'm connected to. Two the bone the bone connected to the leg bone the leg bone connected to the
1: foot The leg bone connected to the foot bone is a humorous reminder of how things are connected and dependent upon each other. But all humor aside, the health of your horse's muscles and bones are key to his overall health and performance. At Omega Alpha equine, they know just how important your horse's entire musculoskeletal system is to his health and happiness. So they offer a variety of different all-natural liquid supplements. Omega Alpha Equine, all-natural supplements based on science to help all of your horse's connected parts stay healthy and perform at their best. Ask for Omega Alpha Equine supplements at your local tack and feed supplier, or you can visit them online at (music) OmegaAlphaEquine.com.
0: Well, next up, we have one of our terrific auditors by the name of Angela Bailey. And apparently she had an experience over the weekend at the Maryland Horse Trials we have to talk about. Angela, how are you?
4: I'm good, Glenn. Thanks. How are you?
0: Good. Now, were you competing or were you there helping? What was the story?
4: I was volunteering as a cross-country jump judge.
0: Ah, okay, cool. And tell everybody a little bit about the Maryland Horse Trials. Where is it? And, you know, did they get a big turnout?
4: Oh, absolutely. So I am fortunate enough I live about 40 minutes um, from the facility. It's in Adamstown, Maryland. Um, Again, as Glenn said, Maryland Horse Trials at Lockmoy Farm is the official term, so everyone go like that on Facebook. Um, and then <laughs> I'm not sure if you're not an inventor, you might not realize it, but eventing folks probably know that last weekend Maryland horse Charles actually hosted the final team outing for the Pan Am team riders.
0: Ah, okay. um, so all
4: the big guns were there. Yeah. So it was quite a, quite a turnout, quite an, um, experience. So what was, so that was what, so what level outing. did they go oh, up sorry, to there? Sorry.
0: What level did they go up to?
4: It was the, um, three star short course.
0: Oh, wow. Or short,
4: okay. you know, yeah, yeah. So you you saw and of course um Boy Martin walked away with it on on his horse. It it was just a fantastic opportunity to have it so close to home, like in our backyard. Um, so that's they they had the future event horse, young event horse, and, and they call that part one. They um hosted horse trials Friday, Saturday, Sunday last weekend, and again this Friday, Saturday, Sunday and it's part two. Um, so I went to volunteer. Um and <laughs> Much like any other time, I volunteer there quite a bit um, because Carolyn McIntosh, who owns the facility and runs the trials, is very generous to a volunteer. So I walked into the office area like I do any other time I volunteer. Um, I, in my peripheral vision, I see folks putting together some lunch bags in, the, in another room, and I don't think anything of it. Um, went on my way to get my drinks and snacks, and then I heard her voice. <laughs> like,
0: hey. And whose voice is that, that?
4: Max? Mass- is that max corcoran like you know it's brad pitt or something so i flip my head around before you go on for those that don't know
0: max corcoran is the host and has been the host of the eventing radio show for like five years and also obviously is one of the most well-known names in in the eventing world and it's going to be the future president of the united states eventing association so there you go yeah
4: well, isn't she already in place as the president? No, she
0: She's in training this year and then takes over beginning of next year.
4: Okay, because um, amazingly enough, when you Google the president, it doesn't come up with Max Corcoran. It comes up with some other guys. So yeah, and he's in until she's like
0: <laughs> an apprentice for a year, an apprentice president. I gotcha. Uh, but okay. that's who Max is. Yeah. So, all right, go on.
4: <laughs> all right. <laughs> So anyway, I'm a huge fan of the eventing radio show. Um, and especially Max, you know, if anybody hasn't listened to it, please do. They have, it, it, even if you don't like eventing, they've got a great dynamic and both have an incredible sense of humor.
3: Um, so
4: anyway, I then realized it has to be her. I've never really seen a picture of her up close, so I'm not 100% sure. So like a dork, I'm trying to figure out, okay, how can I go meet her now that I'm <laughs> done doing what I have to do? So I walk out and then walk in the other door, which is (laughs) the room where they're preparing the lunches. And I say to Gina, who's the office um, manager for Maryland Horse Trials, is that Max Corcoran? Because she's not just three feet away from me. I couldn't possibly hear me say that. (laughs) 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 So anyway, she looks over and I said, hi, Max. I've never really seen you in person, and I've not really seen a lot of pictures. I wasn't quite sure, and I really wanted to meet you. And then I'm like, okay, how do I recover from this? So I just continue to tell her how much of a fan I am. And it was nice to meet her. And and thanks for making lunches. (laughs) And then, yeah, like, okay. So, um, but it was really nice. And of course, Max, uh, if anybody's listened to the show notes, she's incredibly polite and never once made a face like, holy cow, this woman is a complete dork. So it was really, it was really nice. It was nice to see her a lot of, it's great to see people in person really I mean, that's the eventing world, right? Just digging in and helping out wherever. wherever here here is it,
0: next so. year's president of the Eventing Association for the United States making lunches at a show. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And and why yeah. is it that when we're in that moment when we, we become a total dork and then the thing that our defense mechanism is to not stop talking? You just keep going and puking all over them because you don't know when to stop. It's sorry, sorry I think because we're afraid we, if we stop, they're just gonna be appalled and say something rude, so we just keep going, right, so, so.
4: yeah, I know it' like I'm a grown woman and can't even put form words because this radio show i mean it's just, I guess it's just these are our superstars, right? these are our Hollywood people in the venting world, so that's why it's so cool um to see them in person, but yeah, I was embarrassed, and I'm sure she never gave it a second thought but.
0: You know, she, she just really like all all the other hosts that host podcasts, we're thrilled when somebody comes up and says, I, uh, you know, because you're talking into a microphone and you don't ever see anybody. So we're thrilled. But I did notice, Lisa, that she's not having any trouble talking to us today. So I guess we don't qualify as the... Uh, well,
2: I was just going to say the same yeah, thing. Yeah, she's not having any
0: trouble at all. <laughs> yeah. <she's...
4: laughs> but I was also going to say, well, too, I that...
0: Yeah, yeah, that's but
4: true. That's, but actually, if I met Lisa, I would be just as awkward, Lisa. Just FYI. So if you're ever in Maryland, let me know where you are so I can have a moment with you, too. It'll be, yeah, it'll
2: be the same. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you. You know, but I think it's really cool, you know, when you meet somebody and they're just doing like the most ordinary thing. You know, mm-hmm. they're just like, like regular people and, and like she's making lunch. You know, how can be more ordinary <laughs> than that? Lisa, you know? do yeah. you get
0: do you you don't mind meeting fans, and you get to meet fans all over the place. I mean, your, your books are everywhere, so it, it's always fun, isn't it?
2: it oh, it's always yeah. fun, and, and you know, except you know, it's like when, when you're at the airport and, and <laughs> you've missed your flight and you've been there for eight hours and you look like crap, and somebody says, "Oh, aren't you?" <laughs> you know, I'm like, "Yeah." I'll tell you
0: where <laughs> the other embarrassing place is: is in line at the porta potties at Rolex.
2: Exactly. Then
0: somebody recognizes your voice and starts a conversation, and then it's your turn. You know, it's like, oh, okay, well, this yeah, this is awkward. Yeah. But,
2: but you're right. No, it's never it's never a really bad time because you do like to know that just just like in radio, you you're writing something with a book, and and you know, you like to hear from readers. You like to know that you're making a difference or that you've you know made somebody laugh or something. So so yeah, it's it's always always fun.
0: I'll no, make,
3: that makes me feel better then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make sure Max knows about this too. I'm going to send her a link. I just wrote that down.
4: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. If you guys are ever here um, and have any interest, please take a look at uh, what Carolyn has done at the Maryland horse trials. It's just unbelievable. I mean, and she's always expanding. And the fact that she hosted the PNM team I mean, just everybody was beaming with pride. It was really cool.
0: That is cool yeah. that you got to see the Pan Am riders out there doing their thing, too. That is kind of cool. I mean, yeah. you really have the best of the best. And, and to see it at a horse trial. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was a three-star. So that's, 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 those are big jumps. Uh,
4: oh gosh!
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Glenn, if you were there, but uh, a couple of years ago at the American Horse Publications, it was in Maryland, and we walked some course. And I, I wish I could remember what town it was in, but it was where the big, the big eventing thing and cross country thing takes place, and it might be the same, the same place. I, don't, um, I was
0: not there, so I, I don't know. You were not there, but it was, it was
2: pretty amazing, and it was, they have a big thing in the spring, maybe? Maybe
4: someplace. it was Fair, you might be thinking of Fair Hill. We have a lot that of... That was it, yes. Yeah, Fair Hill probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and of course, they, they're getting the next five-star there. Maybe, is that ever going to
0: start? Is there any word on whether that's ever going to go?
4: <sighs> I'd set a slow crawl. Don't don't kill my hopes and dreams. I'm just <laughs> more girl moments, I'm sure. If they get that fixed. If they get that installed. I'll be heading up there because it's only a couple hours for me, and I'm sure I can have additional awkward moments to share. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: Angela, before we let you go, we have to ask you: Do you have a horse, and are you an eventer?
4: I I do have a horse. Tell us about of your horse on, on on your wall. I actually have five horses and a mule. But uh, so yes, I do event um somewhat successfully and somewhat not so successfully, but they're all I have five off track thoroughbreds. Yay! Two of them events. they um half brothers. Yeah. So last minute my trainer said, Hey, let's try to qualify him for the eventing championship. So fingers crossed, that's the big gray horse that uh, you had on your wall and actually got kicked in the field broke his leg a few years ago. So oh, wow. uh fingers crossed that, that goes okay. And then my other horse, Dudley. Um, like I said, they're half brothers, both from Penn National. Um, we're working on getting to training level, although I took a fall the other day, so that was fun. Mm. Um, but yeah, love it. Exhausting so, in the heat and all that stuff, but I love it.
0: <laughs> so, Angela, where are the bruises? See, I can ask that in the show and not get in trouble. <laughs> uh, so. Well,
4: so last year I fell off believe it or not, on a trail ride, and that wouldn't have been that bad, but I, when I came off, I, I fell on a branch right on my right side of my ribs. Ugh. Oh, no. So, oh, ow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I broke a bunch of ribs. And that, you know, okay, got over that. But so then this last fall, I was like the human projectile, because he, you know, just did this huge jump over a big skinny, and then I came right back down on the same set of ribs. So oh, yeah. oh.
0: Let's talk about broken ribs for a minute because we've both been there. And that first sneeze you have after you break the ribs after a couple days, oh, (laughs) my God, I thought it was going to die. It's like worse than
2: childbirth. It's
0: bad. It's bad.
4: Yeah. And don't get the hiccups. And no, you no. Think there's gonna be a sneeze, and you're like,
0: "Can I hold it in?" I know. Please hold it in. <laughs> hey, my first sneeze after, see like two days after I broke them, my and mine were in the back. Like yours were probably in the back too, and it's just worse because you can't lay anyway, you can't yeah. sit anyway. There's just no oh. way to get comfortable. It's just, yeah, it's not no. fun. No, not no. fun. Well, I, but before no, I let I did- you. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, before I let you go, I... That
4: I haven't had a concussion in a while. So I got a mild concussion, which meant I had to replace my helmet. So, yeah, it was a. Uh... But I re- I'm back riding again. so... Well, I'm you sound good. You, sound good. you don't sound like yeah. you're
0: forgetting too much. So. <laughs>
4: What's that? But again, you don't say. sound like you're forgetting too much.
0: So the concussion, <laughs> you sound pretty good. Just
4: saying. Yeah, no, actually, after. Uh, that was a weird feeling, too. I called my husband who was on travel. What Like, what was he going to do from Colorado? Hey, I fell. And he's like, oh, my God. And I'm like, I'm okay. See you later. That's the question. Why did I even call him? Yeah. <laughs> what he going to do?
0: Yeah, that's a good question.
4: <laughs> and so, yeah, a little bit of that was going on for, like, the first 30, 40 minutes. And then, and then it kind of, you know, my cognitive whatever came back. So it was good. Yeah, but, yeah. Ugh.
0: Well, before I let you go, you brought up you have a mule, right? You have a mule, you said? And that that leads into a news story that I wanted to cover this morning. The Italian Federation has proposed to amend the definition of horse in the FEI general regulations to clarify that mules are not considered as horses and therefore cannot compete in FEI competitions. All right. So let's talk about that a second. The FEI is screwed up. I mean, they've been screwed up. They have all these problems. They They got a couple of the disciplines that are just off the rails with problems. And we're trying to amend the definition of what's a horse to exclude mules because mules are so heavily populated in the competing world of the FBI. <laughs> Give me a. Br- and what do the Italians have against mules? Dominic the donkey. I mean, was <laughs> is there like national anthem? And now we're we're having a problem against mules. I I don't get it. <laughs> why mules are being singled either. out here? They have four legs. They look like a horse yeah. with big ears. Um. I, yeah. Why? Why the problem with mules competing? I, you know,
2: I, are they threatened by mules? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I think I, I love mules, and I love everything that everybody can do with, with mules because it's so unexpected to see mules in a dressage competition, for example,
0: or in a Western pleasure class, and and most of them do really well. This and, is what they're saying. I, I figure this sentence out. This sounds like politics. The situation seems to be incorrect for both horses and mules, considering their physiological, biochemical, and e- ethological characteristics that may affect the historical perception of equestrian sport. So we're going to really? be embarrassed to have a mule? <laughs> That's what I get out of that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think I think they are. I think they're embarrassed about the mules. Yeah,
0: because if a mule then goes on to win like a four star, and you know, imagine a win a mule winning badminton or Burley. Uh, maybe that's it. They're just they would be embarrassed. I hope all the mule owners just protest this.
2: <laughs> they just need to stage a mule protest.
0: How do you feel about this, Angela? You're on here. You own both.
4: I I love my mule, but I tell you what, he was an Amish driving mule that was left in the, uh, uh, you know, the kill pen. So he doesn't know how to be ridden, and plus he's paid his dues. But I've watched his canter, and more power to anyone who can get on a mule and ride that. I'm a juicy man. I, <you> know. <laughs> If you if your mule can do I don't know this guy can half pass but it was only when he wanted to kill the farrier when we first got it and I just don't see the agility and the athleticism so if someone has a mule that can pull that off have at it that's my opinion. but you know what I and I've
2: they, had I've had horses in the past that a mule could probably do better th- than the horse <laughs> that the canter is horrible that the trot is disjointed <laughs>
0: you
4: know so. I say let him go for it. Yeah. Inter-mule, I agree. And that's not a, his thing, there's, but. There's a reason they say stubborn as a mule, too, by the way. I mean, this, yeah. True. they're uh, <laughs> When they dig their heels in, yeah, let, let's picture that. Enter at A, halt at X and kick, 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 nope, ain't going anywhere. (laughs) That would be this meal.
0: I'm done. Seven minutes of test, standing at X without moving. (laughs) That's exactly right. He'd get a 10 on his halt, and that would be it. (laughs) (laughs) Angela, thanks a bunch. Appreciate it. Oh,
4: sure. Take care of you guys. All right, I'll make
0: sure Max knows you called, okay? All right.
2: See you guys. Bye. We're going to go right to
0: our next guest. We have another auditor that we're talking to this morning that uh, had some adventures (laughs) over the weekend.
2: We have Maggie Pritchard Herlensky here. And uh, Maggie, welcome.
4: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
2: Yeah, you know, so you are—you uh, ride side saddle, correct? I do. Well, so I before we get started, I have one—one one just real quick side saddle story for anybody who has never ridden side saddle. It's really not easy. Um, you you look and say, well, how hard can that be? But it's really, really tough. And years ago, I was showing Appaloosa horses and um, uh, somebody had a horse who needed to go into a side saddle class to to qualify or to win like the High Point Performance Award. And they couldn't find, the regular rider was out and they couldn't find anybody who fit the habit except for me. And so The owner came up to me and asked if I would, you know, put the habit on and ride the horse in the side saddle class. And I'm going, Oh, sure, how hard could it be? Holy cow. I mean, I didn't fall off and and somehow I got the horse through the paces and he qualified. But I am so in awe of you and everybody else who who regularly can ride side saddle.
4: It's tough. Well it it's not supposed to be. It's if the saddle fits the horse and the saddle fits you. You get this "ah moment when it all comes together, what, and that's we, probably- what we find for, what we find with breeds that only do one side saddle class in their breed shows yeah, is that um, the owners of the horses don't spend the money on a saddle that fits their horse because we're only going to ride it in one class. Yeah. Why do we need to spend money on a really expensive saddle? So you have saddles that don't fit the horse just right, they tend to wobble. Yeah. Um and you have saddles that don't fit the rider very well or you have a cheap saddle that really wasn't intended to be ridden by humans.
2: Right. <laughs> I think that was the kind of saddle that I was yeah. in.
4: <laughs>
2: but but
4: um so you know we get we do get that and yeah. I think it would be trying to get the dogs in the room where they don't work.
2: <laughs> oh, I think it would be great to to try it again, you know, under the right circumstances. And I do think, you know, I'm a big proponent of saddle fit as as we all should be. But, you know, even to put a saddle on your horse just for one class can make them sore for the next umpteen bazillion weeks. So um that doesn't even oh, really yeah. make sense. So but tell us you had a you had a recent experience um at Briarfest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, tell us about that. Um, well, first, tell us what. Breyer well, Fest, I am. Everybody knows, but just in case somebody huh, doesn't, Briarfest
4: is. Briarfest is crazy. Um, I'm sure most horse people know the little plastic horses. Yeah. Well, Briarfest is an entire three-day weekend dedicated to little plastic horses. Um, <laughs> they take over the Kentucky Horse Park. Um, the covered arena is full of vendors, and they have a different group in the arena every 10 minutes for the entertainment because you know little plastic horses just sit on tables. Um, (laughs) they have (laughs) what they call live shows. Now, I am I I collect kind of, but I'm not one of them, right? Um, yeah, I collect the ones I like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And some of, it, some of them are wonderful people, but oh my lord, the money they spend. Um, at least they don't have to feed theirs like that. See, it's it's
2: true. It's uh, true. They don't
4: have
2: the farrier and the vet
0: bill. Yeah. And no yeah. shoveling uh, poop yeah. at and all. Yeah, and if
4: they break a leg, so. you just glue it back on. <laughs> <laughs> <You know>? so, <laughs> um, but they have what they call live shows where they take their models, some of which have been repainted very professionally or what they call remake. -hmm. Where they will take a model and move, they heat them up or make cuts or whatever, and basically use the model as a template for something new. Okay. And they move the legs or the tail, they add hair, whatever, um, to make it an individual work of art. Right. And they put those out on the table with their little card says, you know, their show number. But as you
2: said, there's there's a lot of judges themselves. Yeah. Yeah, and they and but there's a lot of vendors oh, yeah. too, and then there's there's a lot of uh, live demonstrations and things with, with real live yeah. horses. And you were
4: you were part yeah, of and that? There's stuff, yes, there were uh, my group, the American Side Saddle Association, um, this was our fifth year. I think they announced this as our fourth year, but it was our fifth. Okay. Um we get a ten minute demo each day. Um, where we go in, um, Some of the groups, like there are drill teams that do precision drills and all that. There are breed groups that show what their breed can do. Um, Since our group is so diverse um, from what breeds we ride to what tack we use to um, the experience level of the riders, because we like to say that side saddle is so easy, anyone can do it. Um, Except me. <laughs> we go in. We go in and we have um, our more experienced riders show all three gates walk, trot, trot and canter. Um, our less experienced riders may only walk and trot. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have gated horses, so the, they do what they do. Mm-hmm. And we have the less experienced riders, or sometimes we may have a senior horse that we know he's going to be rock solid for this type of an event, it's not a horse show. They're not required to do anything, but some of our senior horses are very good at standing still for little children to get their picture taken with them. Aw, yeah. So those horses just walk around the arena and stop along the rail and let the little kids pet the pony as they go around. So we have, you know, everything in that ring at the same time from, you know, the the old man horse with the, First time side saddle rider on him, standing there letting the kids pet the podium, looking fabulous in a gorgeous costume yeah to um our chief cat herder, uh, Samantha Reeves, racing around the arena at top speed on pixie <laughs> now you but and you kinda, everything in between so
2: yeah, but you you accomplished something you hadn't done in a long time, just at Briarfest, right.
4: I did. I yeah. Did. Tell um, us about that. I galloped. I galloped yesterday for the Yay! first time in almost twenty years. Yes. Yay! I I and 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 it, i was an endurance rider. I did it side saddle. So, you know, I was, you know, riding up front with the hot chute for years, hard as I could go over terrain that people don't even want to walk on. And when I lost my old horse, when he passed away at 23, it's like my heart went with him. Oh, yeah. And I had good horses after that, and I enjoyed riding, but I never had that trust level. And then I got bucked off of a Clydesdale, (laughs) amazingly agile animal for as big as he was. I bet. Um, I bet. uh, And after that, I just... I'm happy just walking and trotting, and I'm the one along the side of the rail, letting the people pet by tongue. So,
2: what was it about and the horse? Over the
4: that, last couple. What
2: was it about uh, the horse you were on at Briar Fest that gave you that confidence?
4: Well, it was Fern. She moves like my old horse, but she listens better than he did. Um, she's a very good. She was an Amish buggy horse, so she's very solid. Not much bothers her. Um, she's missing her left eye, but that doesn't slow her down any. Um, and I, I've been trotting with her for several years. She has a big trot. It's a challenge to ride side saddle. Um, because you know, if you're going to ride side saddle, it's better to have a horse with smooth gait.
2: Sure. It's just
4: more comfortable. Um, because posting is a whole different game.
2: It is. Yes. Yes,
4: it is. Because if you put your foot in your stirrup, you're pulling your saddle to the left. Yes. Um. So it's all from the thigh and your core. Yeah. And you have um,
2: to be exceedingly
4: well-balanced. Yes. And Fern is half hackney and half standard bred. So, you know, two breeds not originally intended to be ridden because of their trot. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. what I'm riding. Um, so I've gotten very comfortable with her trot. I mean, it's a workout, but yeah. we do fine. And I've been, and as a buggy horse, she was taught not to canter. So, so that's been you, kind of a challenge to get her to do it. Yeah. But and the stars so aligned
2: and you Friday, app- she, did it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Friday, she gave me a gorgeous extended trot that just floated and I didn't have to post at all, which was just knocked my socks off. And then Saturday, she gave me a nice canter, both directions. Yeah. Um, which for a one-eyed horse is pretty good. <laughs> Because um, she doesn't like to be, have the rail on her left because she can't see it.
2: Right, right.
4: Um, S- so and what- without a leg on the right, I can't keep her up against it. But sure. yesterday, it, I asked for the canner and I had cantered her. Um, when they announce your name and tell the, your little blurb about your horse and, and yourself, um, you kind of do something to get the crowd's attention on you. So I asked her for a canter, held my hand up and waved at everybody, you know. And then pulled her back down to a trot, and, you know, we do high fives with the little kids on the rail. It's was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. And then as they gave the cue that, okay, all y'all get out and ring, um, I was going up from the end gate. So I had a ways to go to get to yes. the out gate, and there was nobody ahead of me.
2: And so you, were, you just went for and
4: it. Yeah, Sam yeah. was ahead of me on Pixie. And, you know, she goes out at a gallop. Yeah. It's impressive to watch. And you the just is just such a quick little horse. And I'm like, come on, Fern, let's go. And I gave her a kick to get a canner out of her. She immediately gave me the canner, <laughs> which is unusual for her. We usually have to just, like, run yep, into it because you- I'm not a trainer. I only ride parades. We don't get the chance to do much. Yeah. And as we're coming into the first corner, I urged her a little bit more just so that she wouldn't fall out of the canner at the corner. There's and that—that that had
2: to have been just a fabulous and feeling for you.
4: She did. She sped up. It was amazing. And um, one of our other members was in the ring taking pictures, and she got a picture of me. Um, big smile, arm in the air, waving at the crowd, and both of Fern's hind wow. legs off the ground. Love it as she's Love stretching it. out into the into the hand gallop, Love and it. and we kind of did a. Sliding stop at the out gate before I ran into everybody, and it, I was just grinning ear to ear. Oh. It was well, Maggie, your your story really, glowing about it.
2: Yeah, I can tell, and and your story really is inspiring because it just you know you pushed yourself out of the comfort zone. You did it; it was successful. You had a great time, and yeah, you know that's that's one of those moments you're going to remember forever. I can't thank you enough for sharing that with us and telling oh, us about yeah. Briarfest. Maybe some people will come, will go uh, next
0: year. But uh, congratulations yeah. and to you thanks, and Maggie. And oh, thanks, thank you. Thanks, we appreciate it. Thank thanks for you. listening. Uh-huh. Bye. That right, is bye-bye. cool. That Bye. is cool. And uh she didn't she didn't go airborne and uh that that's something that the kids would have remembered forever. So I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's good. That is cool. You know it's the little victories that we all get when we're either riding or driving in my case and you do something yeah. you've never done before or that you were scared to do and then it worked.
2: It well, seems... and I think as a lot of the riders get older, you know, you do kind of lose some of that confidence, particularly if you've had a bad experience and or you're not real familiar with your horse. And, and uh, you know, you sometimes you just have to, have to trust your abilities and just really go for it like she did. And I just think that's fabulous.
0: The crazy things I used to do in the cart, oh, I would never do them anymore. I mean, I ended like up what? In, oh, like what? just crazy driving and ending <laughs> up in ditches and, you know, just <laughs> trying to. Jump logs and just crazy you, you stuff. You tried to jump a log with your car. Oh, I've gone over a few logs with my carriage. <laughs> <laughs> so it was not comfortable. Not comfortable. I can imagine no. not. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're going to go right on to our next guest, who's a regular here on the show. Actually, I don't think we've talked to her in a little while. Her name is Sammy Joe, and you all know her because you've seen pictures of her jumping her zebras and driving her zebras and doing all kinds of things. We have had her on the show in the past talking about different movies that she's done with her animals, and we've also had her on the show talking about Wilson. Friday, we do really bad ads, Lisa, as you know. And know. there was a really bad ad of somebody giving away a water buffalo in Maine. And that reminded me of Sammy Joe. And then I had to get a hold of Sammy Joe and see how Wilson was. And then I noticed a post on her Facebook page. Hi, Sammy Joe. Hello. How are you? Good. Let's remind everybody, new listeners, of who Wilson is, when you got Wilson. And does Wilson still have his job of helping deliver hay all the time? <laughs>
4: Yes, so Wilson is my water buffalo, and uh, he's 10 years old now, and I've had him since he was about a week old. And he was uh, one of those things, you know how when you check out at the grocery store, they have the candy bars right at the checkout so that you impulse buy the candy bars? Well, I kind of did that with Wilson. Was Wilson sitting at the
0: checkout in a little box? But Please tell me. Yeah,
4: yeah, he was pretty <laughs> tiny, but I was traveling, hauling uh, a camel for somebody, and uh, he was in this guy's barn, and so so cute. And I told him that I had to have him, and then asked how much he was, and bought him. So, <laughs> 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 but I love him to death. Um, he uh, works on my farm, so I I do have a tractor, but I use him any chance that I get to. Um, haul hay, or sometimes I'm moving fencing materials around on a farm. You know, you're constantly building fence and repairing fence. So uh, I use lots of reasons to have him work and, and pull his carts and wagons and things. So he loves
0: it. You have a lot of really cool animals. I mean, you have zebras and other exotics, but Wilson seems to right. be the one that has become the popular one.
4: Yes, he's the favorite. And I tell you, if I don't get a uh, post regularly about him uh you know if i haven't made a post in a few weeks i start getting messages like hey uh how's wilson is he okay like you haven't posted about him lately so <laughs> i have to regularly post about him but he he has to brag that he was in black panther and it was the best 10 seconds of the whole movie oh, wait a minute so where was he I in black panther you know, that's what everybody asks, because it's a very small scene, okay. but you have to brag about it, because it's one of the top grossing
0: movies ever. Yes, exactly.
4: So, so a uh, little bit of a spoiler for those who haven't seen the movie, but uh, there is a point where Black Panther is in a battle, and he loses the battle and goes over the waterfall and
0: yeah. down the river, Yeah.
4: and... Uh, the scenes that they cut out was actually Wilson, like in the river and they're pulling black Panther out and putting him in the cart that Wilson's pulling the sled. But then the scene that is still in there is Wilson pulling that sled over like a snowy path to go over the mountain to the other. um, I know that scene. That was Wilson. That was Wilson. I saw that. Yes. Awesome. Oh, that's so cool. So, you know, that was actually, you know, Chadwick in the cart. So, That's, that's Wilson's 10 seconds of fame and it can't be, uh, you know, understated. (laughs) (laughs) Where was that filmed?
0: Where did you have to go to film it? That was in Atlanta. Was it? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) That's so cool. And you know, it's incredible how much gets cut out of a movie, isn't it? Because you've done a lot of movies with your animals and I know a lot of it's been cut. And is it disappointing when you, when you, you film for two days and then there's 10 seconds? Uh, you
4: know, not really. I, I'm really a fan of the process. So I love being on sets and I love seeing how things are are done and then just being around that many creative people and seeing how it works. It's just amazing. And so I really enjoy that. And in fact, uh, there's a lot of things where I've done commercials and whatnot where I've never actually seen the finished product, music videos and things like that, because I partly I don't really care for a lot of it, but I really love the process of filming and, and being on set for stuff like
0: that. How was Wilson on set? You know, he was wonderful.
4: He loves being in and around all that stuff and anywhere mama is, he wants to be there. <laughs> so, if I have to like run to the bathroom, somebody has to sit there and babysit him because he just sits there and cries the whole time looking for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So as long as he has separation issues, Wilson does. Yes. (laughs) He is a mama's boy. So, uh, but on the, like when the actors are actually working with him, um, we had rehearsal days and we had chances to, you know, have the actors around him. And, um, and none of the actors that worked with Wilson on set there had ever even been around a large animal. So, and he's big. (laughs) So uh, they had to, to you know get used to him and he was great with them. but as long as i can be in sight so i was quite a ways away from him like shouting voice commands at him and he was just wonderful with it
0: <laughs> so when they filmed that because that was a snowy scene right where um yeah when they filmed that there was no snow right it was is that all cgi'd no. in it was hot
4: <laughs> no it's fake snow okay and so it's They, it was amazing. That's one of the really cool things is that they did several like battle scenes and stuff in that area. And we got to sit there and watch them film for several days, watch them film all the other stuff in that same location. And they'll get done with one scene. And then this like army comes in and just changes everything. And it's really amazing how talented those people are at making the scene look totally different in just minutes. It's really cool.
0: And Wilson seems so chill. Does anything bother Wilson?
4: And he does. He is bothered by some things. He doesn't like when people uh, run motorcycles or four wheelers around him
0: hmm. because I've
4: got some neighbor kids that think it's really funny to chase him up and down the fence. Oh, so <laughs> so that that's one thing that you really do does live in Texas. Like. I forgot. I do. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I wouldn't like and, that either. <laughs> yeah, I go out and yell at him all the time and. And I'm pretty sure all my neighbors think that I'm the mean one that lives there with the animals, but I can continue being mean.
0: <laughs> Get off but my lawn. Even.
4: <laughs> there's uh, when they're filming uh, the scene that we were doing, they had these really big uh, blue screens and they were on, they're basically like these little buggies that have a crane on them. And so they can lift the blue screens in the air. They can move them around and there's two of them and they're like 20 by 40 foot billboards. They're big. Wow. And so they have these – they look like – you know what the razor-type ATV things are? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that, and they have these big blue screens on these lifts that are on top of them. And our scene was coming up next, and so they needed to move those, but they didn't really tell us that they were going to move them. So we're standing behind them waiting for our chance, and then I thought we were just going to go around them and go film in front of them like the previous scene was doing but then all of a sudden they started those up and just picked up these blue screens turned it around and they're going down the pathway and we're like on we're in a rock quarry so it's like the edge of a cliff that goes pretty deep and it's enough for one vehicle and maybe a couple of people to walk along this road. And these things just turned around and came straight at us with no warning. Oh, no. And I tell you, if, if that would have been a horse, we'd have been gone. <laughs> I mean, even really, really good horses would probably worry about this giant blue thing on a crane <laughs> lifting high above their heads.
0: Yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> and I have some uh, great photos of Wilson just standing there staring at them. And he didn't move a muscle. Like, they went right by us. And he's like, just stood there. It was a good boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so... Jeez. Jeez! So, you always
4: have to prepare for unexpected things Yeah, and
0: people don't know They don't have any clue they, you know, they, Right, and they,
4: they, they don't mean to do it They just, yeah, they, have they don't no know clue. animals
0: No, they have no clue uh, They really don't So now, you have a contest going on with Wilson right now Tell us about that
4: So, I like to do Just fun little things to engage All of Wilson's fans, because he has a lot of them And last year I, I have an orchard and he helps around the farm with various things. And last year, I picked picked all of my pears on a day, and I had this little contest to guess how many pounds of pears I picked. Uh, They were all in the back of the bed of my truck. And the winner got a, like, virtual Wilson kiss. So Wilson came up and licked the camera and whatnot. It was really (laughs) cute. So this year, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this again, but I'm actually going to have a real prize. And honestly, I kind of wasn't sure if people would think it's weird. But I know horse people know this because horse people love this kind of thing. Um, it's a little acrylic, like a pendant, or it can be a key fob, and it's got, uh, I put Wilson hair in it. So there's some Wilson's hair embedded in acrylic um, as a, a pendant thing. And, you know, I know most, if a person's not an animal person, they might think that's weird, right? No,
0: but yeah, we all get it.
4: But us horse people, <laughs> yeah, we, want horse right. hair, we want our horse's hair memorialized and stuff. That's right. <laughs> so well, I'm, looking, I'm
2: looking at this pendant, and it's really cool whether you like horses or Wilson or water buffalo or not. It's a
4: cool-looking pendant. Yeah, it's, I, I have one that I wear. That's, the one in the picture is not his hair. That's actually one that I wear uh, regularly, and the hair in it is of my very first uh, horse that I trained myself. Uh, my mom gave that horse to me when I was five, and I have pictures of me um, when when I was seven and she was two. She was a baby when mom gave her to me, and I'm riding her in a parade. She was two and I was seven, and uh, so that's hair from that horse. <laughs> so,
2: wait wait a minute. You 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 were seven and you rode a two-year-old horse in a parade.
4: Yes, I did. <laughs> I am still alive.
0: And that's where the crazy started, right there. <laughs>
4: so yeah, that that's part of the family line of horses that I still have my old horse Bo, he's twenty three now, and the one I read and parade was his aunt. And then I've got a great nephew of his too. So I've got I've got we've got ten generations in that bloodline. Wow. Of those horses because they're just super sweet and they've got Super temperament. So,
0: so now to win the key fob, what do people have to do?
4: Oh, okay. They have to guess how many pounds of pears are in the back of my truck. And I put it that it's going to end tomorrow evening because I actually have to process them and weigh them because I haven't done that yet, <laughs> but I'm working on it. Um, but man, I, based on some of the guesses, I might have to do an elimination round because. There's a lot of people participating so far. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I saw you had hundreds of posts there. So people can do this and by going like took off. to your personal page, right? To uh, where yes, do they go? Yeah, it's
4: on a pub it's a public post. Okay. Uh, just look up Sammy Joe Stoller. And it's a public post. Anybody can participate on it.
0: And her pickup truck is probably about forty percent full in the bed of pears. By the way, what are you gonna do with all those pears? That's my next question. <laughs> So
4: um, I'm going to can most of them. There's a couple of, there's like a bird sanctuary that'll get some of them. And um, the ones, so when I sort them, the ones that are not acceptable for canning or or something like that, they go to the various animal sanctuaries. And of course, my guys will get plenty, but I I give away everything that my farm produces.
0: So I've known, we've known each other for what, 10 years probably, you've been coming on our shows for a very long time. And Sammy Joe is so young and hip in so many ways, and such an old soul in so many ways. Like canning pears is something that I don't know anybody that does it anymore, except for you.
4: (laughs) I did over 700 cans of various fruits last year. Wow! Wow! so, of everything from seven hundred, yeah. How long did that take you? Yep. <laughs> long time. A long time. <laughs> yeah. I worked most of the summer, but it's just as things ripen. But it's crazy because it's like, okay, the pears—I picked them all in one day. So now I'm going to have like nothing but pears for the next couple of days in processing, and it's going to be a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll be done with that, and then I've got my next peach tree is about to be ripe here in, in a few days, and then the figs are almost ripe. So it's going to, that's kind of the way it goes. Is like, I've got uh, six varieties of peaches and they all ripen at different times. So I have it so that they're all kind of back to back.
0: As everybody can tell, Sammy Joe's lazy and, you know, kind of doesn't like to do work much. Obviously. Yeah, she just.
4: (laughs) And I just got uh, honey from my bees uh, a few days ago. So I've got uh, seven beehives.
0: You do have green acres going on there. You really do.
4: I love my little farm.
0: Please tell me you have a pig in the house. So,
4: <laughs> I do not have a pig in the house. Okay. <laughs> but it doesn't mean I wouldn't. I've had pretty much everything else in <laughs> yes, the house. You right?
0: <laughs> yes, you have. So have you done any movies? So I went out of
4: town. Oh, oh sorry. Go ahead. What's that?
0: Yeah, I was going so to Oh, I went
4: out of town for a few days last week. And it was funny because I had a, a gal come and stay at my place. And so I have all the feeding instructions and the care, and she's, she's been my roommate before, so she knows um, how things work around the farm, knows all the animals. But it was so funny, because then I had to give her the instructions for the wildlife. Because, <laughs> so I know this is terrible, but in my feed room, when I'm mixing feed, these couple of come in there, and they sit on their little butt, and they look at me, and, you know, the trainer and the behaviorist in me says, do not feed the raccoons. But they're so cute. They
0: <laughs> the are. raccoons so, come in while you're feeding?
4: Yes, they come right up there and they're like, hey, what you doing? So, anyway, so anyways, <laughs> I throw a few kibbles of food <laughs> down for them. And of course, <laughs> then they go on their way. Yeah,
2: so so mom- I had to
4: warn her that the yeah, my Go mom ahead. is
2: 96 and she lives in Minnesota and she's been feeding the same family of raccoons for over 50 years. And I drove yesterday from Minnesota back to Tennessee and Saturday night I was loading up my truck and I opened my my truck doors and I went back into the house. And I came back down to my truck and there was a raccoon sitting in my front seat. No! <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, they can be very personal. Yeah.
4: They really can. I mean, you don't yeah. want to you know you want to avoid getting them like dependent so i'm not like feeding them full time or anything they just come over there and i throw them a few kibbles and yeah, they're like yeah. thanks and then they go on their way yeah. <laughs> but so there's those and there is a an armadillo that is stuck in my orchard which he's fine but my uh fence isn't i think he can still get out but i don't think he can get out very easily so I thought I said, okay, if you happen to see the armadillo, you can try to catch him and try to get him on the other side of the fence so that he can go on his way because he's somewhere trapped in the orchard and I'm not sure where he's sleeping during the day. So there's that. And then a turtle laid eggs in one of my garden areas. And so I've got that p- blocked off. And those eggs are all going to hatch and those all need to go to the pond next door. <laughs> so I've got all these things. They're like, Okay. Here's all the instructions for the wildlife.
0: God, whatever so, she's making is um, not enough. That is no. for sure. <laughs> right?
4: I going to say you're not
2: going to sleep until about November. Yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs>
4: exactly. <laughs> Have you it's done? It's nice when there's a bit of a break in between uh, when there's like nothing harvested and nothing, nothing to be picked, and you know the animals are all on a good break. You know.
0: <laughs> Have you done any interesting TV shows or movies lately that you can talk about?
4: Um, not lately. I did a music video a while back and it's a real shame because I don't even remember the name of the artist and I never actually saw the finished process. But it was a couple of goats and it was so cute and it was a lot of fun to film. So <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: funny. Well, Sammy Joe, where but can... I
4: don't actually know who it was.
0: Where can people follow <laughs> you? And I gotta go put my guess in on a number of pounds of pears that you have in your truck.
4: Gotta... Right. Um so yeah I'm on on Facebook uh Sammy Joe Stoller um and you know I I mostly post animal stuff and educational stuff and things that I find interesting and happy in the world
0: It is and she has a very good page and if you love animals you're going to love her because as you can tell she has a variety a wide variety of wild and tamed animals both at her farm <laughs> for sure <laughs> Thanks Sammy Joe <laughs> Appreciate it.
4: Thank you so much. <laughs> bye bye.
0: I love her. Wow, <laughs> she's like so busy. I
2: just can't, <laughs> and with just so many different things.
0: But she is. She's truly. You know, they talk about animal whispers. She truly is one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. She, she, she's had the most exotic pets, and she'll be the first one that tells you you shouldn't own these. You know, she's she is a professional. You know, she's, yeah, yeah, That's what she does. Her uh, and a couple of our other uh, regular guests. They're very this is they're professionals at this and you oh, know she would recommend that you don't not own a <laughs> a water buffalo unless you know what you're doing because apparently they can be quite a handful so, i'm sure
2: i'm sure <laughs> yeah. well she was on uh a while back when i was uh guest co-hosting and i followed her page and it really is uh very
0: interesting it is it is very yeah. interesting well we had a couple of lists and things to get to we we'll have to wait to wednesday now Yeah. so tomorrow we have the Certified Horsemanship Association Training Day and then Wednesday Lisa will be back and then Thursday is fox hunting so we have a full week coming up for you. Jamie is off playing hopefully she said she was going to get a flight out last night to England so she should be in London right now and off uh, on their adventures over there. The whole family was going so we hope they have a good time and uh, we'll talk to you all on Wednesday but Lisa First, where can people find you? Find your books, find your stuff. Yeah,
2: LisaWisaki.com. Uh Wysocki is W Y S O C K Y. Uh, books are in stores and online everywhere. And you can also find me at Colby's Army.org.
0: And Jemmy, where can people find you? We have to wake her up wait Tammy. well Jamie, wake up. <laughs> it's the
1: same for my time delay people can find me at jeez louise at flintstonemedia.com that's where you can find all the things to connect with me on all the other things <laughs> so we have a tough what i
0: learned today i want to know what you learned today lisa i learned that we have a tough time when you have horses finding anybody to farm sit in the first place for like one or two horses She's got, like, zebras and water buffalo and wild animals, and she finds a farm sitter.
2: I know. I know. And she has not, like, one of them. She has, like, tons of them. Right. Right. It's got to take her, like, what? Four hours to feed at morning
0: and night. At morning and night, right. There's an eight-hour yeah. day right there. And then, well,
2: then, and then you've got to – we've probably got to pick peaches and find the armadillo and, you know, move the turtles. <laughs> move the turtles, <laughs> so, that's right. That's all cool. of that kind of stuff.
0: So, oh, my goodness. And then so, 700 jars. Let me tell you, my mom used to can stuff. And the, in you can put five of those jars in the water at the same time. So yeah. 700 jars is a hell of a lot of batches. Of, oh, yeah. I was just trying. How much space does that take? I do I mean,
2: My mom a maybe would
0: do scorch. 150 to 200 of tomatoes and stuff. But yeah. whew, that's a lot. Oh, peaches. Her canned peaches were the best. Oh, I love the canned peaches. I miss those. Oh. All yeah. right. That's it, everybody. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Jemmy. We'll talk to you all tomorrow.